0: Tonight's lesson title is to be found faithful, to be found faithful, amen. What that is speaking of is that's the, the life that we're living has been proven, and we're to be found faithful, amen. Faithful is remaining loyal and steadfast. Everybody say, I want to be faithful. There's a lot of things we can desire to do. I listened to someone the other night give their testimony, and it was very pure, and they said, I love working for God. You know, that's a beautiful thing is we should love working for the Lord. Amen. But some of the greatest people on the earth, you may never hear their name, never see it, never heard a message, they never preached account meeting. But they are faithful saints of God who sit on these pews, who are faithfully praying for the church, for the pastor, for the leaders, and all the people in the church, and they're praying for revival. And they're here every time the doors open, if they can be. Amen. And those are faithful, praise God. 1 Corinthians, where it talks about uh, let a man so give account of us, as of the ministers of Christ and the stewards of the mysteries, that he's not talking to preachers. He's talking to the church. Because all of us are called to be ministers. I know that word minister scares some people because it's taken in the context of a call to pulpit, preach, evangelize, or things of that nature. We're all ministers because the word minister means, our ministry means meeting needs, ministering to people. Amen. There's not one person in here tonight that there's not a call on your life to minister at some capacity. Amen. To minister to people. And people have different types of ministry. And that is the will of God because you fulfill a certain place in a certain area and a certain need that maybe a few others may, may feel, but it's important, amen, but we are ministers, and so it's telling us that we must give an account for the ministry of Jesus Christ, the church, everybody say the church, what if the pastor was the only one that ministered, what if the Sunday school teachers were the only the, the ones that ministered, or I could go through the list. The the music department they minister. Come on, our, our guest services out out in the foyer they minister. They put a smile on. They make people feel welcome. They accommodate. It's hospitality, and so that is ministry because it gives people that good impression. Not that we're trying to press anybody, but it lets them know that this is a place I can be loved. This is a place that I wanted, and I'm welcome. And so that is ministry. And so I won't go through it all, but uh, ministry is so vital, and it's a place for everybody. Everybody should be in some type of ministry. Amen? Well, somebody say praise the Lord. And it says the mysteries of God. Now, this is more specific in talking about the truth of God. That is, show thyself approved of work beneath not to shame, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so we're all called to be witnesses. And you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. To be delivered? Sure. But it says to be witnesses. When you get the Holy Ghost, there is a power. For us to be witnesses, to go tell somebody what the Lord has done, to share with someone how good God is, what a great life living for the Lord is. And so we are ministers. And then we need to go beyond that and become students of the Word because we need to be ready. Someone may come to you with a question. What about this in the Scripture? Well, we can be prepared by dividing the Word of truth with understanding. We can't just tell people it's this way or that way. They want to know from the Word of God. Amen. I remember someone, I, my wife and I was teaching a Bible study too. And, and she said, I don't want to be see how trained. I want to be educated. I want to be educated. Uh, and so people want to know the Word. And the Word speaks for itself. When we give the Word. That word lives on. It'll go with them. It'll be with them the next week. There's going to come something in their life that brings that back to surface because the word of God is alive. And we learn this word. We're taught this word. We study this word. And we become instruments or ministers of this truth and telling people about the truth of God's word. Amen. But then it goes a little further and it says that we are to be stewards. Everybody say stewards. A steward uh, is basically this, is someone who manages or looks after another, another's property. Like the union has a steward that, that manages that. But it's someone that looks after. You say, well, how can we be stewards? Well, there's many capacities that we could relate this to. But number one, we're not, we don't own ourselves. All souls are mine, saith God. So our soul belongs to God, but we are given the stewardship of this soul. We're given the responsibility of this soul. That's, a, that's the greatest responsibility we'll ever have. And yes, we are responsible for those that we influence and those we teach and those we minister to to a degree but our primary responsibility is for our own soul. Oh, praise God. Well, clap your hands to Jesus. An example, a steward in the an ancient world was a person who was given the responsibility and the authority to rule over the affairs of the household. For example, when Joseph had been t- sold to... Slavery. When he had been thrown in prison, he'd gone through all of that, right? Well, now he is came up and he is being put over all his second in charge. Everything that Pharaoh had, he was putting Joseph in charge. You know what he was doing? He was making Joseph a steward of the land of Egypt. Now, how could Joseph be the steward of the the land of Egypt, everything that was there. Well, number one, Joseph had to be faithful to God. He had to keep a right spirit when he got sold to slavery. He had to put his trust in God. He had to keep a relationship with God through the dry seasons and the hard times and the betrayals and the wrongs. He had to keep bitterness out of his heart. He had to, surely he had to stay, pray through. He had to trust that God is involved in this somewhere. Come on, somebody. We go through sometimes, but we've got to believe that God is involved in this somehow, and God's going to work it to the good. For all things work together. For the good to them who love the Lord and who are called according to his will and his purpose. And so he was placed over the household, everything in the household. He was given authority to rule over. Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. He was a prosperous man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Could God have done that had Joseph not been found faithful? No, he couldn't have. For God to use us in the capacity that he desires to use us, we must be faithful. Amen. That's why his word gives us the favor, teaches us that faithfulness brings the favor of God. We see it in the life of Joseph, the favor of God. Everything that Joseph touched prospered in such a manner that this Potiphar recognized it. And Joseph found grace in the in his sight, and he served him. He made him an overseer over his house and all that he put into his hand. And it came to pass from that time that he had made him overseer in his house over all that he had. The Lord blessed the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in his house and field. And he left all. Look how many times he's talking about all. All that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not all what he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. You know why he put him over all of Egypt, all the house? Because he saw the faithfulness of Joseph. He saw his faithfulness. It wouldn't have mattered how talented he was. It wasn't impressive by how smart he was, how strong he was. But what got the attention of Potiphar was that he was faithful. He was found faithful. I wonder when the scripture teaches us that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. When God was getting ready to destroy this earth. Hello? Then what was it about Noah? Think about it. Of all the people on the planet, Noah was the only one that got chose. Could it be? Because Noah was faithful. And God said, there's a faithful man. Oh, praise God. There's someone that will be faithful in the good times and the bad times. That's someone that's not going to abandon the job or the call. And if you'll read about it, you know the story. That Noah began to build an ark and it never rained before. Come on, don't let this get old to you. There's a beautiful story here. There's a beautiful principle and a life. Was, he, Noah was real. He was, he's not just a story. He was a real man, lived in a real world. Battled the flesh. Battled the, the, the mockery of the people. The pressures of what his peers would think of him. His relatives would think of him. The things that were being talked about him. He's a lunatic. He's crazy. He's building this ark because he says the earth is going to be flooded. They don't even know what rain is. The only water they ever saw come out of the ground. Not out of the heavens. So he's this crazy man. But Noah built... Every week. I don't know his days and his hours he put in, but surely it was long hours. And he built and he worked and he was following the blueprint. That's another area of faithfulness. We can't just work and be called faithful for doing it our way. Well, what made him faithful was he was doing it according to God's plan. Our plan is never take precedent over God's plan. Anytime we begin to implement our plan, it becomes null and void. And it's not if Noah would have put three windows in the ark, it would have sunk. In fact, I think he gave up before he got through. But how long did Noah build the ark? A hundred and twenty years. Folks, I don't know about you, but that's a long time. How did he hang in there that long? How did he not get discouraged and throw in the towel? Surely there were seasons in his life that he had to question himself. He had to take on a barrage of assaults of people, but he kept building. Why? Because he was doing it unto God. Hear me tonight. If we're doing it unto self, we're going to give up. If we're doing it unto man, we're going to give up. But if we do it unto God, we know who called us. We know who anointed you. You know there's a great purpose. And so you do it for the purpose of God. If Noah would have done it for any other reason, he'd have quit. But Brother Bob, it was for God. There was too much. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. There was too much at stake. There was a generation to be saved. There was the will of God to carry out. And there's too much. Can I tell you? It's too much at stake. We cannot abandon. We cannot build our own art. We cannot follow our own blueprint. But we've got to be faithful to what God has called us to and what God has given us. Noah could have said no. Noah could have said, I ain't doing it. But he didn't. But once he accepted it, he's followed through with it. It's not how I start. It's how I finish. Come on, somebody. It's how I stick with it. It's how we push through it. We're going to face things, but we got to press through. And it, it makes the difference. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. Everybody stay faithful. And that brings us to the scripture of Matthew 25, 21 through 23. And his Lord said to him, well done, thou good, you know it, and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? I wonder how many people in the world missed it because they couldn't be faithful over a few things. Amen. But look how many people saw the glory and the works of God. They weren't trying to be anybody. They weren't trying to build their own kingdom. They were just trying their best to please God and work for the kingdom of God because they love God and they work. And look where God took them. Look where God used them. And it because they remain faithful. And when God looked for someone, when it was something major, and God looked for someone to build an ark, or God looked for someone to build a nation like he called Abram either. Of the Chaldees, if God looked for someone that was going to lead his people like Moses would lead his people, then God looked for someone that was going to be faithful. Well, praise God. You know, you said, Brother Robins, why are you teaching on this? Number one, because God laid it on my heart. But it's a good way to start the new year off. Because if we're going to achieve the things that God's putting in our heart. We've got to get this faithfulness down pat. Amen. If we're going to see God do the things he desires to do and us be a part of it, if we're going to see the revival that God wants us to see, if we're going to see the impact and we're going to see the year that we're hungry to see, then there's one thing that all other hinges on is that we've got to be faithful. If we'll be faithful, I feel like someone's saying, you know what, I want to be faithful. I want to see the kingdom of God grow. I want to see the fruits of our labor. I'm tired of talking about it, thinking about it, dreaming about it, speaking about it but I want to see it come to pass is that the heartbeat of some of you here tonight I want to see it and I want to be faithful oh if we'll be faithful God will be faithful to us well praise God anyhow and then the parable is the talents also he that received two talents see this verse was about him that received five okay The one who received two was just as faithful as the one that had gotten five. Both doubled their talents. Both were rewarded, was rewarded in the same measure. They doubled. I I feel like there's a principle here. God is saying, I'm going to give you this, and you do your part, and it'll double. Come on. I mean, that, that's the principle. The one that had five gained five more and had ten. The one that got two gained two more and had four. But that one person that just took went and hit his talent and said, I'm not going to use it. I'm going to save it. I'm going to bury it. I'm not going to put it to use. It was taken away, and it was given to the one that got five. It ended up with ten. And so the principle I see here, number one, we've got to be faithful. When God freely you have received, freely give. Oh, praise God. Isn't God wonderful to us? We're called to be faithful. Abraham was faithful when he took his son, his only son Isaac. Sometimes faithfulness is hard. Sometimes it costs us. Sometimes it's going to press us. We're going to have to push. We have to sacrifice. But faithfulness is worth it. We're going to go through some trials, some tests, some seasons. But we've got to press through. It's all going to come out. Amen. Because why? We want to be faithful to God. But he said, if you'll do this. I've got something greater for you down the road. Come on, I'm in the Bible tonight. If you'll be faithful over these things, then I know I can use you for greater things. If you'll be faithful over these small things, I've got some greater things that I want to use you for, but you got to prove the ground here. Oh, God, thank you today. Thank God that he has a plan for our lives. Amen. Daniel was faithful. Remember I said it could cost us. (laughs) It could be hard, Brother Dylan. You've lived long enough, worked for the Lord. It's sometimes faithfulness costs you, doesn't it? Daniel, he was told that if anybody's caught praying, then they're going to be thrown in the dental lines. Now, watch this it would be wise in, our, in the way we think. Well, I'm going to pray, but I ain't going to let them know it because I don't get thrown in the of lines. But Daniel knew there was something here that he had to be faithful to his God because his God had always been faithful to him. And if he would be faithful to his God, his God would be faithful to him. And the Bible says, let's go to Daniel chapter 6. In verse 10, I believe it is. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, it is signed, the decree is done. I'm going to go in my closet and I'm going to pray and they ain't going to hear me. He went into his house and his windows being opened, in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did a four times you know what Daniel was saying? Nothing's gonna make me stop being faithful. I'm gonna pray like I've always prayed. I'm gonna go to prayer at my prayer time. I wonder what keeps us away from our prayer. I wonder what drives us to our prayer. There's a difference. Pressure will either pull us back or it'll drive us to. And the dividing line is faithfulness or not. Hello? The dividing line. I, I told this. I didn't preach this sermon, but I used part of this at, uh, when I taught a lesson the other night. But uh, my, my precious mother, y'all hear me talk about her a lot, and I'll talk about her till I retire, and even afterwards. But she had wrecked her arm. Y'all know the story was mangled and all of that. She couldn't drive, and she said, "You know how far it is to the church." We all said, no, Mom, how far? I mean, it's eighth of a mile or whatever. You throw a rock and get to church nearby from our house. She said, it's 133 steps from my door to the door of the church. You know how she knew that? She walked it, 133 steps. I wonder if we know how far it is to the house of God. Have we gone there so faithfully that we say it doesn't matter what I've been through. I'm not going to let anything keep me out of the house of God. Come on, somebody. It's the dividing line of faithfulness because the devil cannot defeat faithfulness. In fact, I'll go a little further. One of the greatest walls of protection we're ever going to put up in our lives, in our family's life, is faithfulness. Come on somebody I hadn't preached it in probably 30 years but I preached a message one time the advantage of being a regular customer 43 Food Mart there in New Hebron I was a regular customer because I went to school with the guys who owned it I'd walk in walk back there where they was cooking fried chicken put on a few pounds i just eat fried chicken as they cooked it right out you know I could go in there and get stuff, walk out, and say, I'll bring you money back later. Forgot my check. I could do just about anything I wanted to because I was a regular customer. Come on. There's an advantage because people know you, they trust you, they learn your ways. Amen. They learn that you're dependable. Well, praise the Lord. Heard a story a long time ago. I'm gonna be conscious of the time. Uh this guy was a log truck driver, and on his way home every evening, which is about 5, 30, or 6 o'clock, he would stop at the church, and he'd go in to pray an hour. It was 4.30 when he dropped by, and he'd pray an hour before he went home. And he'd always start his prayer by, Jesus, this is Jim. I stopped by to talk with you today. And he spent his hour in prayer. Well, he did that for a number of years. And then one day he had a terrible log truck. The logs came through the cabin. He was in a coma for weeks. And they didn't think he was going to live, but he pulled through it. And the doctor, after he came conscious, the doctor walked into where he was at. He said, sir, it's a miracle that you've lived. You've overcome this and you overcome that. We didn't think you were going to pull through it, but thank, thankfully you did. He said, "But I got I got something that I don't understand." He said, "Every day at four thirty, you woke up, and a while later." You dropped back into the coma. He said it became so consistent. I'd walk in this room at a few minutes before 4.30 to see if it was going to happen again. And every day your eyes popped open at 4.30. What was it about that day? Can you tell me anything? He said, yes, sir. He said, I can't tell you the time. But every day Jesus walked into my room and said, Jim, this is Jesus. i come to have a little talk with you. I'm telling you tonight, we're going to go through some things. We're going to go through some trials in life. But if we'll be faithful to our prayer, we'll be faithful to God. He's going to be faithful to us. You know, I believe with all my heart. Every single one of us want to be faithful. But every single one of us have struggled at times. Hello? But we don't have to. We can win this war that pushes against us, that tries to talk to us, tries to convince us we're tired or convince us we we can't do this or we can't do that. But what we need and what we can say is, look, Faithfulness is one of the most valuable attributes that I can hold. I want to be faithful to God, Sister Casey, because he's been faithful to us. And if we'll be faithful to him, he'll give us strength. He'll take us places. He'll work miracles. He'll hear our prayers. He'll work things in our life. It is God's will to give his good pleasure to give his gifts to men. The three Hebrew boys... You know, what's the time? Y'all know the story. Now, if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, it'll be well. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And Who is? That God that shall deliver you out of my hands. Well, he's gonna get his question answered because there was three boys that he'd have never saw that. Would he, Brother Lee, had they bowed? The king would have never known about what kind of God they serve had they gave in and bent to the pressures and the demands and to the threats and the dangers that were thrown their way. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't wait till that time come. They answered, We need to know now. Don't wait till the time come. Go ahead and declare it. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be alive why because he's faithful we're not careful to answer thee in this matter and if it be so our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thy hand O king he will deliver us but if not, be it known to thee, O King, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image. Which thou, Let me go ahead and tell you, I believe God's going to deliver us. I believe God's going to direct our steps. I believe God's going to give us that harvest. I believe God's going to use us in greater measures. But I tell you what, it doesn't matter if it doesn't. We're still going to serve him until the end. Everybody say, found faithful. I want to be found faithful. Oh, praise God. Nehemiah was building the wall. He felt the burden, Brother Lee. He wept when he heard the conditions of Jerusalem. The gates were burned down. The walls were torn down. His beloved homeland. Something got a hold of him. He began to weep. And he prayed and he fasted. And he went to the king. He had an easy job. He was the king's cupbearer. He had a maid. And he asked for permission to go. And he was given permission to take those with him. And when he got there, he prayed and shawled over it. But then he went to work. Everybody say he went to work. And guess what happened when he went to work? Sam Ball and Tobias said, oh, you're wasting your time. This wall is not going to withstand. The foxes can break through this wall. Trying to minimize and say it's not going to accomplish anything. And so they begin to do that. When that didn't work, they made threats toward him. And they wrote letters against him. And they did all these different approaches. Watch this. The approaches kept changing. When one didn't work, then they come with another one. Can I tell you, we better be wise. The devil don't want to see what God's got for you to be fulfilled. The devil don't want you to reach your destiny with God's will for your life. The devil wants to interfere every way that he can because he knows if he can't stop you, that God's going to do wonders in your life. He knows that if he can stop you, then God's will shall never be fulfilled in our personal life and so when this doesn't work he doesn't give up it's kind of like the fisherman he goes from one lure to the next lure to the next lure to the next lure and the devil doesn't care how many lures he's got to throw our way as long as he can get us to bite one well somebody say praise the Lord and so he kept coming and then finally he told him. he said, the raven and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. And Samballon and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief, and I sent messengers unto them, saying, Oh, no. No, I'll throw that in there. I'm doing a great work. Somebody hear me tonight. We're doing a great work. The devil's going to come against us. The adversary's going to try to give us the throw in the towel. The devil's going to do all he can to get us to stop. But that ought to light our fire even more and become more determined because the devil won't try to stop something that's not working or not powerful. He said, uh It ain't gonna happen. Why should, he said, I'm not, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. I'm not coming down off of this work. I'm not gonna stop doing what God called us to do. Nehemiah said, No, 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 we're not giving up we're not going to put up. They have been fighting. They had a tool in one hand, and they had a weapon in the other. Sometimes we've got to work for God with a weapon in one hand and a tool for the other. Sometimes us as a church, we've got to have a tool in one hand and a weapon in the other. we got to keep working and keep fighting the devil at the same time. But we can't get distracted and just turn and fight the devil because then he's going to cause the work to cease. we got to say, devil, if you're going to fight us, we're going to fight you with one Hand, but we're going to keep laying mortar with the next hand. We're going to keep reaching the lost with the next hand. We're going to keep working. Oh, praise God. You believe you're doing a great work? Oh, praise God. So that I cannot come down, why should the work cease whilst I leave it to come down to you? We ought to tell the devil. Why should God's plan cease just so I come down to your world? Ah, you got no portion. You got no place, no right in the work of the kingdom. And we're not going to stop. We're not going to let up. We're not going to cease lest the work stop. Well, praise God. The devil going to show you somewhere to quit. It's going to act like it's going to cost you too much. The price. What about Daniel? He got thrown in the lions then. Luckily. He did. But guess what? Lions lost their appetite. I don't know what God did. He could have gave them a lockjaw. job. He could have made Daniel look like something they didn't want no part of. I don't know what God did. It don't matter what God did. It did not matter how he brought it to pass. He took care of him because he was faithful. When the three Hebrew boys got thrown in the fire, you know the story. They looked in. I mean, the fire burned up the cast that threw him in. And when they looked in there, there was a fourth man in the fire, one likened to the Son of God. God said, you may go through the fire, but I'll be with you. But he'll only do that if we're faithful. If we're faithful, he'll be faithful to us. I knew a lady one time, you wouldn't know her, maybe some of you might, but she's not anywhere from around here. Good lady. She always wanted to start something new in the church. Well, that's exciting. But it never lasted over a month or two. Then it was on to something else. That's not what God's looking for. God's looking for stickability. Now, I'm not saying you'll always do that one thing. God will raise you up and carry you to something else and something else. Hello, somebody. But we got to keep progressing we got to keep reaching. There's something about being faithful to follow through, to see it through. That's why a burden is so important. That's why commitments are so vital. It's because we can't throw in the towel. We can't give up every time the devil throws something at us. But we've got to be faithful. If we're going to see the revival God wants us to see this year, guess what? There's going to be waves and tsunamis and all types of problems that come our way. But we just got to square our shoulder and we've got to take them on one at a time. But we just got to keep working, keep working, keep working for the kingdom of God. Let's stand together. Be faithful in prayer. Be faithful learning the word. Being fed on the word of God. Be faithful in our church attendance. Be faithful in our church attendance. Uh, Be faithful in our church attendance. And I know sickness comes and we're hit with it. But God knows. He knows whether that was really a valid reason to miss or not. And He's the one that we're accountable to. You know, once we make up our mind, we're going to be faithful. Faithfulness becomes easier. And until we make up our mind... Faithfulness is always going to be hard. I've seen people. I've been one of them. Somebody wanted something done, oh, I don't feel like it. I don't don't know. I don't feel good. Somebody grab a basketball or a football, get out in the yard, all of a sudden, you're ready to go. I mean, you feel good because it's something you want to do. God help us, that wanting to be faithful is something that we want to do. Oh, praise God. It's something that we love doing, something that is what we're about. Everybody say, be faithful to church. Be faithful to your responsibilities in your ministry. Be faithful to your pastor. Be faithful in worship. Be faithful in tithes and offering. Be faithful in being involved in the church. Hallelujah. Be faithful to God first and foremost. And be faithful to his purpose. Be faithful to his call. Be faithful. Be found faithful. Every head bowed and every eye closed. To be found faithful. I've got my hangups. I've got my weaknesses. I've got my struggles like we all do. Challenges and seasons of discouragements and various things. We all face it. But one of these days, this old heart's going to quit beating and these lungs are going to quit breathing, and this old preacher is going to be laid to rest. What will I leave my children? Will I leave them faithfulness? I think this would be each of our testimony, our desire. If there's anything anybody would ever be able to say about me, and I'm not saying that's what they would say, but from my desire, I would want them, Sister Dylan, to say he was faithful. More than anything, that he was faithful. Because I want my children to know what faithfulness looks like. Can I tell you, there's some children... That really have a skewed view of faithfulness. They really don't know what real faithfulness looks like. But can I tell you, there's so many of us, you sitting in this congregation tonight, your children know what faithfulness looks like because you made up your mind I am going to be faithful. Sister Carolyn, Your children knows what faithfulness looks like. Brother McGill, your family knows what faithfulness looks like because you've shown them. Sister Schaefer, your family knows what faithfulness looks like because you have shown them. This is what faithfulness looks like. God, as we enter into this new year, We know there most likely going to be things we'll face. But, Lord, let us embark into this new year with a determination. May have struggled last year, but this year we're going to have victory and we're going to be faithful. Oh, when those seasons and times come against us, we're not going to fall to that, but we're just going to be faithful. I wonder if that would be the prayer of God's people tonight. God, help us to be faithful. Help us. Is that your prayer tonight? Oh, why don't you come and let's find a place to pray and let's talk to the Lord. There's too much at stake. Oh, there's too much. There's too many great things God wants to do. Will you be faithful? Oh, God, I want to be faithful. God, we want to be faithful. We want to carry out your will in our lives. Lord, we want to see everything you've got ordained for our lives. We want to become everything you want us to become, God. Oh, we want to be the instruments, God, that you have called us to be. But we understand, Lord, that we must be found faithful. Help us, Lord. It is our desire. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be faithful. Help us to reach God, to preserve and to protect and pursue faithfulness every day of our lives.